Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to our podcast series, Catchphrase Christianity. Um, for those who are checking this out for the first time, uh, to give a bit of context about why we're calling it Catchphrase Christianity, um, we're kind of basing it around a concept of a game show I loved growing up called Catchphrase. Um, and one of the kind of challenges for contestants in that game show was they had to guess the image, but there was hidden behind nine squares based on only a single square being removed. Now, Obviously, it's hard for them to work out what the image is because they see so little. And in a very similar way, um, it can be hard for us to rightly know what God is like based on the squares. Um, we can see him through in, perhaps in the Old Testament or in life experiences or world events we kind of go through. And we may see something and we may be then convinced that the view we've seen of God is what God's like. And sometimes it might be. Um, but sometimes even our strongest convictions can be ill-informed or misplaced and create an image of God that that is not really representative of what he's really like. Now, the good news and what we're focusing in on in this kind of podcast series is that Jesus came to reveal God. He effectively came to remove all those nine squares uh, to continue our catchphrase um, analogy from that board and to reveal the hidden image that sometimes we kind of get wrong about God. And we get to therefore in the life of Jesus and the way that Jesus behaves and conducts himself and his attitudes and all those kind of things that that reveals to us what God is like. And it, it and it shows us clearly without any uncertainty or insecurity what the nature of God is and what the character of God is. And that breeds confidence back into our hearts and lives that can come only from knowing God as he actually is. So in today's uh, podcast, we're going to be looking at the fact that God looks like Jesus. And to kind of give a bit of an introduction as to that, I suppose, I want to just tell a little story about my own um, children. I've got two sons. Um, Zachary is eight and Levi who's seven. Um, amazing boys. Couldn't be prouder of the people that they're growing up to become, the kind of choices and the, the kind of decisions they make and just who they are. Um, now, understandably, they're both my children, so they have some of my character traits, um, some of which I'm really pleased with, some I'm probably a little bit less pleased with. Um, but the point is, if you knew me and got to know them, you'd like to be able to tell fairly quickly that they're my children. Um, you kind of know from the way they behaved and the way they acted that they're, they're my boys. Now, on the other hand, if you just saw them and you just um, kind of met them um, in a moment and you would probably still assume and see that Zach was my child as he looked similar to me. We both got dark hair, we have similar facial features. Um, whereas Levi, um, on the other hand, has blonde hair and has facial features that are more similar to my wife's side of the family. So based on that kind of cursory meeting, you probably wouldn't assume that Levi was my son, as crazy as that thought is when you realise how similar we actually are. Now, there have been numerous occasions when I'm out shopping or even walking down the road with the boys that strangers will kind of say things like, oh, you can just tell he's your son, can't you? Or they might say, don't you just look the spit of your dad? Now, those comments are lovely, um, but it always was a little bittersweet because Levi never has those kind of comments. And yeah, as I said, if you got to know us, you'd find out that we have so many of the same character traits that it's almost frightening. Um, but but they don't know us. Those strangers don't know me. They don't know Levi, at least not well enough um, to know how similar we are. And it's interesting because we see a similar um, situation played out in John 14 between Jesus and Philip. 
so we pick up this interaction with Jesus and Philip um, in verse 7 of chapter 14. It says this. Jesus said, if you'd known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father in it and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say show us the father? Do you not believe that I'm in the father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now, it's almost a sense of confusion on Jesus' part. Like he doesn't quite understand how it's possible that Philip doesn't get um, that he and the father are one or that when you've seen him, you've seen the father. It's almost like he doesn't quite understand that. Now, as a teacher, I can kind of relate and empathise with where Jesus is coming from um, because there's been moments in lessons I've taught where I've taken so long to explain uh, a, a kind of topic or an idea um, so that people can kind of understand it, the students can get it. I've asked lots of questions. I've answered loads of questions. Um, I've checked in multiple different ways that all my students kind of grasp it and understand it and we're out to sort of set them off on a, on a kind of task to kind of consolidate their learning. Then suddenly a hand pops up. Students says, sir, uh, would you mind just showing me how to do that one more time? Um, obviously, my calm, professional, patient answer is, of course I can. Let's start over from the beginning. Um, whereas internally, I'm more screaming, what? How is it possible you don't understand that? There are no more ways to explain that to you. I've exhausted them all. Now, now before before you judge me, I want you to try and teach six really good, good references to a low ability geography class. And then maybe see why my internal um, screaming is not quite in line with what it should be. Anyway, Jesus is obviously a way better teacher than I am. And he has mountains more patience than I do. But it does reassure me and should reassure teachers everywhere that even his students or disciples didn't get some stuff. And they got some stuff still wrong. And uh, he, even though he spent three years teaching them things or showing them that he and the father were one and showing them the father, they, some of them still didn't get it. Um, so why is it so shocking to, G, to Jesus that, that, that Philip doesn't get this thing? Why is it such a surprise to him? Why does he strongly come back at it? And I would suggest it's so shocking to Jesus because it's so obvious to Jesus that he and the father were one. That it's so obvious to Jesus that when you've seen him, you've seen the father. And therefore it's almost unfathomable for him to kind of, Think that somebody doesn't understand that when you're looking at him you've seen the father because jesus says himself he who has seen me has seen the father so how can you say show us the father do not believe that i'm in the father and the father in me that jesus is going we're, we're one so how can you not get that when you look at me you see him and it's almost like jesus bewilderment extends further because he starts to point out the fact that the words that he speaks and the actions that he takes are those that that show his oneness with the father so almost everything jesus does reveals that oneness and reveals god so he's kind of almost saying look we're so inextricably linked me and the father that so exactly that i'm so exactly the representation we're reading of the father that he finds it hard to understand how philip doesn't get this thing now i often feel quite quite sorry for the disciples with jesus sometimes they had this amazing time to be with jesus but they do get some bad press for asking some daft questions. And I think it is quite funny because 
We have Doubting Thomas who asks questions that we're always doubting, shouldn't be doubting. We ask Peter who have Peter who kind of um, gets it right one moment and then completely messes up the next. And in this context, we have Philip who is asking a question that Jesus seems so baffled by that we go, oh, we, we would never ask that question, Philip. How, how obvious is it that Jesus looks like God? And yet, and yet, there's quite a lot of hypocrisy with that. Why? Because we're 2,000 years later than Philip asking that question. We, we've had multitudes of examples in the scriptures of, of, of the fact that God looks like Jesus. And yet we're still asking the same or very similar questions. Questions like, what is God really like? Does God want to heal me? Is God for me? How does God behave towards me when I mess up? Why does God look so different in the Old Testament? Did God send the coronavirus? If only God was with me now. Such similar questions to the one Philip asked. And yet Jesus' answer to those questions and the multitude of other questions we might have that we don't even dare ask is the same as his answer to Philip all that time ago. He who has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know what God looks like? He looks like me. You want to know if God heals? I heal. That tells you he does. You want to know if God's for you? I'm for you. So therefore God's for you. You want to know what God does when you mess up? Look at how I behave towards people who mess up. Why does God look different in the Old Testament? Let me show you what God looks like now and in the past because he doesn't change. Did God send the coronavirus? No, because I didn't do anything like that. If only God was with me now, that I sent my Holy Spirit to be with you and never leave you or forsake you. And multitudes of all, Jesus saying, look at me. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That God looks like Jesus, that Jesus looks like God we get to the point where if you can't see it in the life of Jesus then it doesn't exist in God and how Jesus behaves towards people is how God behaves towards them and Jesus attitude towards things is God's attitude towards things and how Jesus heals and who Jesus heals is how God heals and Jesus restores because God restores and Jesus rebukes because God rebukes and Jesus loves because God loves that they're one that as you've seen the father in Jesus You've seen Jesus in the Father, that they, they are connected, that we don't need to desperately search for answers to what God is like anymore because we have those answers in Jesus. God so desperately wants a relationship with us that he sent Jesus. Yet Jesus came to deal with sin and death. We know that. But he equally came to reveal what God was really like because the the 2,000, the, the, the 4,000, the 6,000, the 10,000, whatever you want to look at it, the time before Jesus came didn't consistently reveal a God who wanted a relationship with humanity, didn't consistently reveal a God who was for people. Um, and Jesus came to show us what God was really like. And he came to show us that actually, whether it revealed that or not, that's what God was like. He was for people. He loved people. He wanted to restore people and heal people because that's what Jesus came to do. And Jesus came to reveal what God would do and what God does. Jesus came to clarify what God looks like. He came to to kind of bring an understanding and a fresh revelation. This is how God behaves. This is what God's attitude towards stuff is. This is who God is. And he did that because what it does is it breeds confidence and life back in and faith back into our relationship with, with God. It doesn't make us uncertain or doubt what he's like, but we see confidently and certainly this is what God's like. This is what he thinks of me. This is what he, he thinks about these things. This is how he engages with me. And what that does is it causes us to, to draw close to him. 
with boldness and confidence as it talks about in Hebrews 4. That we don't kind of cower away, but we draw boldly toward him. And that inspires our faith and it inspires our are living out his kingdom in this earth and so it's so vitally important we get this that we get that God looks like Jesus so just before we finish there, I just want to pray for us all I just want to just pray that, that what we've looked at today and what we've studied today is something that breaks out in our hearts so father I ask that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and relation that we would know you better I just declare in Jesus' name that the lies we believed about you and who you are, that have almost acted like giants in keeping us away from you, would fall in Jesus' name. They'd fall as, as who you are is revealed in Jesus. As we look to that and realise that's who you are, that those blockages and barriers would just collapse. Those wrong ways of thinking about you would just break apart. And I just pray that we would have a new view of you, a correct view of you a real view of you, that we would therefore draw close to you, that we therefore know you as you know us. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've all enjoyed uh, today's podcast. Please make sure you check us out next week. We've got our next two um, episodes up next week, looking further into this, this topic and also looking at how Jesus interacts with different characters to kind of show us how God interacts with different people across the spectrum of humanity have a wonderful rest of your day um god bless you and hope to speak to you soon bye-bye